Hello! Welcome to another episode of Caretober. Um, today we have somebody that is very special to me. I um, I have been able to get to know her over the past several months, and I am just in awe of her. I'm in awe of her brain, how she thinks, and just the human that she is. Um, so I cannot wait to share her with you guys. I'm going to cue the intro, and then I will bring her back. Hey guys, Carrie here, and welcome to the Visibility Playground podcast. The podcast that shares visibility journeys of entrepreneurs and teaches listeners how to use visibility to build their brand and attract an audience of raving fans and customers. Every week, we will be bringing you stories and advice from entrepreneurs who've achieved visibility success, as well as helpful tips and strategies to help you grow and scale your business and really get it in the way that you always wanted. So join us and let's create a world where your story of your business is seen and heard. Tracy! Hello, hello. Hey, Trey, Trey. So I'm really excited to have you here because I think that you are such an amazing human being. Um, I think, like, I don't even remember when we start, like, connecting online, but I feel like it was just, like, all at one time, and then, like, we were, um, you came into a couple of my workshops, and then, I like, the whole time we were at our workshop, I was like, I wonder what she thinks. I was like, because I know her brain is so smart, so I wonder <laughs> what she thinks of the, of, of my um, structural design of the things that I put together, and I think it was so cool to have you in the workshop, but to also hear your story and to hear how everything that you do kind of came from your children and then also you being um, working with people that have disabilities and how being able to look at that and then find the correlations to how adults and entrepreneurs handle learning and how to make sure you structure correctly. So I was just in awe of you. I think you're such an amazing human. I feel like what you do is so powerful because I think that it's so important to be able to structure and understand why you're building the things and looking at the different people that might go through it in the process. I literally had a conversation yesterday with, um, with one of our clients and we were talking about that idea of like, let's go look through everything and figure out what are the opportunities for growth. Because like a lot of times, like when you're just in there and when you're the, the entrepreneur, a lot of times you don't see all those pieces. So I'm I'm just in awe of you. I think you're such an amazing person. I'm just so happy that you're here during Caretober. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And I love that you are so interested in what I do and why I do it because it's not something that I've shared at, on a deep level before in, in a big way. So I'm, I'm excited to be able to kind of talk more about that. So for people that don't know your story, kind of how did you get into um, what you do? Well, we could go back to when I was five. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to fast track it a little bit. Always knew I wanted to be a teacher. But like most most women my age or young girls my age always dreamed of being a kindergarten teacher. Well, that wasn't the path that I took, but I did go into early childhood education. And soon when I was in early childhood, in the early years, I really grew a passion for helping children with special needs. So I found the right position for me, which allowed me to really um, support children with disabilities in inclusive classrooms. And from there, I really just grew deeply interested in how the brain works, how people learn, how you can create opportunity for people that maybe 
look like they aren't going to be able to be successful and reduce barriers and and break glass ceilings and all the things. And so obviously, you know, when you're working with little people, there's a lot of joy and excitement around watching them grow and develop, especially when they're smashing barriers that people might have thought that they wouldn't be able to do. And knowing that you were a part of that is really empowering. Little did I know that I was going to have children who also struggled with learning. And so that put me in the role of actually uh, becoming an advocate for them, as well as really working to deeply understand how they learn and what they needed in order to be successful. And um, it just really just grew from there. My interest in getting people across the finish line, especially those that were considered a little bit more vulnerable, was something that I was really just energized by and just something that started to come natural to me. And so inspiring other educators to think differently, to be different, um, and parents of children, as well as myself, um, really learning what we needed to do for our children and how to best support them. And then also educating their teachers. Sometimes I was educating their teachers on ways that they needed to approach things differently. So I went into higher education I became a college professor, and it was there that I also saw those little people that turn into big people, those learners that were, you know, maybe a little bit behind in elementary school and high school coming into college settings and really struggling and also really learning how to be a better teacher for them. So at, at this point, I actually worked in a classroom of all adults with disabilities. So I was teaching technology and workplace English to a group of adults with disabilities of all kinds, from visual impairments to cerebral palsy to autism. And it was there that I really, really honed my skills at what it takes to actually create learning for such a wide variety of people so that everybody had a chance to, to succeed. So when I got into the online space or even sort of uncovered that there was all this online course stuff happening in the online space, I really saw a need to sort of fill a gap of understanding that we all learn differently, that there's a responsibility on the creator to make sure that we think about, not just for the purpose of repurposing content, because I hear this a lot. People say, well, I'm going to convert my audios to or sorry, my videos to audio and all those things. That's all great from a business standpoint, but I really want people to think about it in terms of how they're better supporting people with the learning. So taking my years of knowledge and experience in understanding how people learn from all ages across the lifespan, and then also how to, to really be an effective teacher, um, that's what I bring to the online space is how people can create courses and programs that actually get people results that they want to take and they successfully complete so that they can get the biggest results that they ever imagined. I love that too, because I feel that that's one of the biggest questions and the biggest, like, especially for anybody that coaches is they want their people to be successful. Like they, they everybody wants their people to be successful, but in the process of, how can I create a program 
that is going to counteract any of their own blocks and things like that? Or how am I going to create that the content that's going to give them what they need when or give them these points to make sure they learn effectively? And I think this is what's powerful when you come in, because I think a lot of times people just don't think about those things, especially when you have really analytical and smart people. They give the whole kitchen sink. And then they're like, why is it people like digesting my content is so amazing. And I'm like, yes, it's amazing. But like, it's still it need like you have to like, create levels to like, to deep work is my belief It's like, I feel like you have to kind of start with the simple, um, simple pieces, and then allow people to go deeper in your content, but not make it the be all the end all opportunity for them to have to go really, really deep, and be able to pull stuff out. Because I know for me, like, I don't do well when I see really long PDFs. Like, I get really stressed out, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, I feel like I can't read it. Like, when people just, it's just all text. Like, if it's broken up with pictures or, like, some bullet points, I feel like, okay, like, I can maybe be successful with this. But when I see Google Docs, and it's just, like, long PDFs, I just get super stressed out. And I literally like, Crystal, save me. Because <laughs> I can't, like, I can't take it apart. Like, it's, like, I have to literally print it out. And then get gather sections because like just on the computer, I can't break it up. Yeah. And it's interesting that you bring up PDFs because this is a conversation I had with someone else recently too, where, you know, um, there's, you know, the pretty workbook that people like to create and there's nothing wrong with that. And some people can really process that a pretty workbook with all of the information in it. Um, really easily. But then there's other people that just really benefit from just a plain white background with like a Google Doc with, like you said, some some small amounts of text really chunked out with some some bullets. And what I would love to see if I had one wish and, you know, actually it's not even something I, I recommend to my own clients all that often, but it's something that's really just become, a, it's going to become a thing for me <laughs> is offer both. So create a PDF that's just in a Google Doc and then create something that's pretty and and you know something that really inspires and empowers you if for those learners that that need it and really want that pretty workbook to print out. So I actually had a client when I did my course design school and I ran my group program, I actually spent a whole weekend converting all of the PDFs into um, or all my Google Docs into a pretty PDF, thinking that I was just going to dazzle them and blow their mind. And I had two of the participants say to me, you know, thanks for doing that. It looks beautiful, but I'll never print it out because it just it's using up too much ink. Right. Like it just wasn't something they, they said, we actually prefer it just the way that you had it. So sometimes I think we 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 go a little bit further than we need exactly. to satisfy the learner and and so yeah I think I think there's different ways of looking at it. So for sure chunking out the information like you said, the bullets, images, like anytime you can convert an, a concept into a framework or some type of an image, it's always always beneficial to the learner. So I'm glad that you brought that up. No, I love that. Okay. So um, 
what would be the one advice that you would give to um, coaches and course creators when it comes to like creating their creating their their courses or programs? Yeah, I think you touched on it a little bit about the kitchen sink, like really just trying to simplify the content so that there's the difference between the need, the need to know and the nice to know. So understanding what that is. And with my methodology, like I want people to also be thinking about what people need to know and understand and be able to do, but also think, feel, and believe, and then who they need to be in order to be successful. So there's there's different layers of it. So that's almost sounds like it might actually give you more content than you need, but it actually does the opposite. It really narrows your focus to the, the breakdown of what's most important so that your, that's, that's sort of like your, your, your funnel, right? So funnel's not probably the right word, but your lens, that's the right word, your lens, because everything that you decide to put in, you know, people always say, should I add this, you know, or should I leave this out? If it doesn't actually support that one ideal outcome, like the actual goal, then it's probably more of a nice to know than a need to know. So yeah, really just making sure that your content is set up to not overwhelm. And it doesn't take much to overwhelm people at times. Um, and that's where people will turn off. They'll either they'll either pause the video or they'll not come to the class and say they're going to watch the replay and then not get back to it because it's either too long or it's just too heavy of content. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I mean, they might have the best of intentions of actually doing that, but they're, it's, it's hard. It's hard to overcome that hurdle. So if you can remove that hurdle right from the start, then you're already that much closer to getting them the best result. I love that. Okay. So what do you have coming up for us? Well, I have a group program course design school, and I'm actually going to be converting that into a self-study option. So that's coming up soon, which I'm really excited about because I'm of the belief that any curriculum that you have should be offered multiple ways. So you can offer it one-on-one, -on -one, you can offer it in a group program, and then you can also offer it self-study. And then certainly in, you know, you can break all that down into little mini parts too of, of other conversion events that you can run, mini classes and workshops and things. Um, so one of my main focuses right now is really taking the content that I taught in the group program and refining it so it's right down to it's like bare bones so that it's a really inexpensive way for people to get inside my brain and get started with if they're not ready to necessarily invest or need to invest in um, the accountability or levels of support that, that the group program offered. So I'm really excited about that because it actually challenges me to do the very things that I ask my clients to do is, you know, refrain from adding in like all of the extra pieces that you don't really need um, and just focus on, on a, a nice entry level offer for people. Yeah. And I think that like, when we think about self-guided, I feel like this is the story that I tell myself too, is that I need to look at the different, the different 
things that they might go through. So I feel like I always want to add more stuff to it because I'm like, oh, well, I want to make sure they get it here and because I won't be around to answer that question or let me go over here and make sure they get it here. But then like really asking that self, like, is all this stuff actually creating a hurdle or could I just put that stuff in additional resources so if they do need support, they can go to those additional resources and feel like it's not, a, I think, a requirement to go through. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's a challenge to do that, to really narrow your focus in a way that is going to um, really support people, but still get, get give them the result that they need from the experience. No, I love that. I love that so much. Okay. So where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at tracy.sheriff or on my website is a great place to go because that's where I put out all of my new offers, uh, tracysheriff.com. And on Facebook, I uh, would love to connect with anybody on Facebook. That's how you and I connect the most is through Facebook. Yes. It is. So the big question, the question that everybody's waiting for, um, have you ever had fears around visibility and how do, how, what tools or things that you do to kind of get over them? Oh my gosh. Fears about visibility always, you know, I, um, think back to a conversation that you and I had Carrie, where you asked me very directly one day, why is it that you show up and then you shrink, <laughs> you, you recoil, you pull back. Um, and, uh, I have reflect on that quite a bit, actually, since you've asked me that question, which wasn't that long ago. And it really is just self-doubt and a lack of confidence, I think, for me, that the I'm saying the right things at the right time. Does anybody really care? Um, you know, what are people going to think? That's a really big one. And um, because I do uh, have a business and I also work in um, another position, I'm also really conscientious of when I put my face out there, I'm representing um, lots of, you know, different people and things. Potentially, I'm still me, but, you know, I represent other other people. So sometimes, you know, it's really for me, the core is the fear of what people think. And the, the way that I am just forcing myself to sort of get over it is to think about what's what's happened as a result of me being visible. Has anything bad happened? Nope. Is anything bad probably going to happen? Nope. But have I made a difference for people? Are people um, more interested in this, my mission? Are people interested in creating better courses because I show up and share my knowledge? Absolutely. So really, that's what I always try to talk to, talk to myself about is what's the worst thing that could actually happen here? And the worst thing isn't even really all that bad, to be quite frank. So yeah, and I, I love that because I feel like a lot of times when it comes to visibility fears, there, there, are, there are a lot of internal conversations that we have for our, with ourselves. So if we're able to kind of shift it like you did and ask yourself, like, how bad could it be? Like, what are the bad things that could happen with me being visible? Yeah, there's probably somebody that could say, oh, Tracy's a horrible person or something like that. But how many other people are going to be like, Tracy's so impactful. She changed my life. She 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 shared a story that made me really look at education. How many of those stories are going to come out after that one person that says, oh, 
we don't like Tracy. Yeah. So like, yeah, they're going to talk, but that's natural. But the thing is, like, if you look at why you're doing it, why you're being visible, the intentionality around it, I feel like that's really where the power comes in. It absolutely is. And so, yeah, you just have to push yourself outside your comfort zone and uh, just go do it. Go do the thing. Go do the thing. Well, guys, I hope that you understand why I think Tracy is such a gift. Um, thank you so much for coming to hang out with me for Caratober. Um, I know literally like we have been like, Carrie's life is all over the place and, I, and like I keep missing things. And Tracy was so like understanding. So I appreciate you so much um, for that. And I'm just so happy that we got to spend time together today and me being able to share you with my world. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And one thing I can say about you, Carrie, is you keep it real. You're human and you bring the human side to all of your humanistic strategy, which I've learned a lot from about uh, that. I've learned a lot about from. Yeah, but I've learned a lot about from you. <laughs> and um, I, I just I'm really glad that we've connected and I look forward to continuing to build a relationship with you. Yay! Well, guys, I'm going to say bye to Tracy, and I'm going to cue the intro, and we will see you next time for another amazing person I get to share during Caratober. Bye, guys. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Visibility Playground podcast. If you're now like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to dive into my visibility, or you're just like, I just want to assess where I am in my visibility journey, take the Visibility Vitals Check Quiz. You can go to www.visibilityvitalquiz.com. I will make sure that I put it in the show notes, but make sure that you go take the quiz, DM me, let me know how it went. Talk soon.